And welcome back to Sports Talk Therapy. This is going to be our recap of the NFL's Week 10 action. Two weeks, two shows. We're killing the game right now. Colin, is it, what are you eating again, Colin? It is a California Club flatbread. We, Colin and I both had dinner after 10 p.m., Finn remembered not to count three, two, one because it counts for you. We're doing great. <laughs> we are doing excellent. Um, like I said, we're here to recap all of the NFL Week Ten action. A lot of movement, some surprising results. Um, some we'll get to it in dysfunctional team commentary. I have a lot of things to say, as I'm sure we all do. One of our teams is no longer winless. Uh, quite a lot of things going on here, so I ask to you guys, any game you want to call out? Besides our all of our games, I know the Giants didn't play. Hey, the Giants, that, been, I like to say, two two of our teams did not lose this week. Let's be nice. No, I was saying one of our teams got their oh. first down. Yeah, but yes. Well, yeah, I guess. Oh, I, I would like to stay as a technicality. We are still technically winless. We are just not... <laughs> All losses. (laughs) Also fair. Precisely. Precisely. All right. Looking at the slate here. I'm realizing right now I forgot I spent time, you know, filling in all my things for the other segments. I didn't fill anything in for this one. So I'm going to scroll down here. I know what I'm going to go with, Finn. And Sean's going to go ahead. I'll kick us off here because I need to I need to pat myself on the back here for this this great take last week. I believe I talked about a Patrick Mahomes character having a breakout game and the Chiefs getting back on track. Well, that happened. Uh, the Chiefs spanked the Raiders 41-14. Mahomes looked like himself, 35 of 50, 406 yards, five TDs. They're back. Um, they're they're on. They can get on a little roll now. They have a little bit of confidence and swagger back. Hopefully, Clyde Edwards-Alaire comes back, helps my fantasy team. And uh, the Chiefs will be rolling at Arrowhead, probably with the home playoff game before we know it. If only the Giants had beat them, taking out their season. But uh, Mahomes looks really good. He's fun to watch. And uh, I kind of like the Chiefs in the playoffs because they just play zero defense. So we just give me a very high-scoring game, which is uh, entertaining. So we went with Chiefs-Raiders. Go back and listen to our last episode and see me talk about how Patrick Mahomes can have a great game. Sorry, there's definitely not a guy who recommends betting the Raiders for betting advice. So <laughs> just skip that part because that didn't happen. So don't worry about it. You see, Colin, I I kept the receipts, but I did not say it. So there you go. <laughs> well, since nobody recommended them, I don't even know what receipts there could possibly be. But you know, yeah, I don't know at all. What, what could we possibly be talking about? <laughs> nobody would even. What kind of idiot would even do that? I don't even know. I don't know. All I do know is uh, one of my friends from home today. Uh, actually, I guess he is probably my friend. I don't know. He's in my fantasy football league. I think okay. I've met the kid once. I've met the kid once, but he's friends with my friend, so we'll call him a friend. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he put like a dollar on this wild bet, Colin. It was like Patty Mills scores the first point in the Nets game. Steph Curry has over thirty-five points. This that, and the last thing he needed was Kevin Durant to have like one more three-pointer. And as soon as you said that, they took him out and sat him the rest of the game. No. It was – let me let me pull up the uh, the number real quick. 
it was plus 5,963. 5, mm -hmm. It's pretty good. Yeah. But it lost. So anyway, what's our next game spotlight? I'm going to roll with a matchup here between two teams that it seems like over the past five years, maybe even longer, uh, tend to reinvent new ways to just spectacularly lose. But somebody had to win this game because they played each other. I'm talking about the Minnesota Vikings and the and Los the Chargers. Angeles Chargers. <laughs> exactly. I had the, the same Falcons, comment, man. Yep. Exactly. I think the Falcons are the third of that trio of teams, but you can't play three teams together at once. Vikings end up winning this game on the road 27-20. to 20. Uh, All year people have been talking about Minnesota as just being like, oh, if, you know, three plays go another way, this is a 6-3 and three team or whatever it may be. Well, at some point, you are what you are. I think actually uh, Big Cat from Pardon My Take said that exact phrase, but uh, they get a big win here on the road against a team that many thought was going to be the class of the AFC this year after a hot start. But, guys, the Chargers, what happened? They have cooled dramatically. It's interesting because you look at some of their passing breakdowns of their offense, and it's like they're not – Justin Herbert is not throwing down the field. Like, whether it's by offensive design or what, they are not utilizing his skill set to what it should be. So, I wonder if that's that – like, outside of Keenan and Mike Williams, they don't have – some of them who spent stretching the field consistently or what, but something is seriously, seriously defunct with and very different about that offense from what it was early in the season. Well, it's not everything, but speaking from the personal experience of a Mike Williams fantasy manager, he has not done anything in a month and a half. He really just hasn't. No, Keenan Allen's not. been better, but he's Mike been, Williams. Yeah, not, yeah, for sure. Yeah, and then uh, I guess uh, credit to the Vikings. You're, you're still alive. I know the NFC is pretty top-heavy at this point, but it's still early enough in the year where you can go on a run. Um, Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen is still a fantastic wide receiver duo. They go over 200 yards combined in this game. Eric Kendricks had a very acrobatic interception, one of the more underrated defensive players in the NFL, in my opinion. And uh, I know this was last week, but I, I want to say his name because it's fun. Uh, their kick returner's name is Kene Wangwu. I think that's a fun name. Well, could be my uh, new favorite player. Put him next to Jeremy Sprinkle. I had Kene Wangwu on my <laughs> dynasty team for like two hours. High praise. Because he runs like a 4-3. So I was like, you know He's what? very fast. Yeah, very fast. All right, so for my team, or for my game spotlight, I guess. See, that's the problem here, boys. I was at work during the morning slate, and then I'm not going to spotlight the Lions game, which was actually on because it just doesn't deserve to be spotlighted. <laughs> and, like, the Sunday night game was also – the Monday night game was gross, and the Sunday night game was also gross because it made me lose my bet. So I guess I'm going to spotlight, like, Cowboys-Falcons because the Cowboys just absolutely bludgeoned the Falcons. Just absolutely murdered them. Dak put on a show that showed why he's been an MVP candidate so far this year. And they bounced back significantly from whatever the hell happened last week. Kind of gross, but 
hey, must have been a fluke. Cowboys are just like, I mean, they weren't gone for long, but they are back. Dak's a stud. I would, I, I would spotlight Browns, Patriots, but I know that we're going to have a lot to talk about, especially you, Finn, are going to have a lot to talk about because you were, you were, you were resident there at the, at the game. So we're going to have to get into that later. But shout out Dak, shout out the Cowboys, Super Bowl contenders. Yeah, absolutely. Agreed. Yeah, our there. Fr- friend of the program, uh, Joe Campy was at that game. Big Cowboys ah. fan. And uh, it's funny, I was, I was making fun of him because they scheduled, like, you're, you're going to a game in Dallas. Like, you're scheduling it, like, in advance. You're not just going – not like you're just driving down to the Meadowlands from New York to New Jersey. Um, and I'm like, wow, you picked quite the game. You picked probably the funnest game you could ever go to. Just endless points. Your team just pounds the other team. So, uh the one time I was like sort of not upset the Cowboys were winning by a lot. Good stuff all around there. All right. Uh, if you guys have noticed, I changed the uh, in the player spotlights for a few weeks now. And going back into when we were at Villanova, we broke it down by offense, defense, and rookie. I feel like you just make it like in general. You can call anything you want. That way, Colin doesn't have to call out a defensive player, and we can all just kind of like it could be from NFL, NCAA, high school football, Division three. Who cares? An interesting story that you want to call out from the world of football. I will start this one here by commenting on a guy that I did not think I would hear from again this year, or maybe ever in the NFL again. Cam Newton, as he said himself. He's back, scoring two touchdowns, one on the ground, and one through the air in this game. He might end up being the starting quarterback at the Carolina Panthers again, which is absolutely absurd considering the Panthers, you know, stepped away from Cam Newton. You go out and you get Teddy Bridgewater. It doesn't work out. You trade him to Denver. Then you go and you get Sam Darnold for a bunch of picks, and then he's not good. And now you're back to Cam Newton. But – Hey, they're still alive in the NFC somehow as of week 10. And uh, it's it was pretty cool to see him yell, I'm back, after he got in the end zone there for Carolina. He uh, is definitely where he belongs. Fun player. Yeah, the uh, the very, very deliberate, slow helmet takeoff, I'm back. It was pretty cool. Cam, dude, it's so funny that the Panthers like got rid of Cam and then signed a dude that they are currently still paying and then got rid of that dude and traded a second round pick for another dude who they are never letting come back and who they are now just starting camp again. It's actually really, really funny. But, hey, I hope Cam does well in Carolina because, like, dude deserves something good in his life. He does. He does. Do we think that Sam Darnold is officially Shadow Realm Watch? Or? I, I think I think Sam Darnold might be Shadow Realm Watch. He might be like Josh Rosen goes to like bounces on some bounces around the b- bottom of some rosters for a while. And Josh Rosen got in this game. Yeah, he did. He threw an he interception did. on his first pass, but he got he in the did. game. Went one for six, but you know, <laughs> which is so crazy, bro. Because Sam Darnold had such a good first like four or five games, and then just completely like just obliterated any hope that anyone had of him so quickly. Dude. All right, so uh, Finn, I will I will take you up on this. It could be anything from high school football to college football to whatever. 
Uh, I'm going to highlight Pittsburgh State long snapper. Yes. Timmy, I don't even know how to say his last name. Malinowski, maybe? Yep. Could be. Uh, Finn Kersey of our guy Billy Football, who found this. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Pitt State's bus broke down on the way to their game. And uh, freshman Tom, freshman Timmy, who I called him Tommy, yikes. Uh, Timmy happens to be a mechanic and fixed the bus so they could go to the game. And uh, I laughed at the uh, – this it's like a screenshot from Snapchat, one of the tweets, and it says, like, get him a full ride. Like, he's fixing the bus to get them a ride to the game, and he's going to get a scholarship. So, there we go. Uh, I don't think there's anything grittier than being a long snapper, a middle linebacker, and being able to be a diesel mechanic to fix your team bus to go to the game. That is outstanding on a number of levels there from Timmy Malinowski. <laughs> Absolute animal. And other honorable mention will go with DK Metcalf getting ejected from the game and then trying to come back in. That was also great. Yep. I I, I put that in because I wanted to talk about it. I put it in Lil Weedles, but as I was like putting it there, I was like, it's pretty funny. I don't know if that's a Lil Weedle. That was <laughs> I enjoyed that, so yeah, I did, I did as well. And I also like too how he like it wasn't like a like yeah like I'm gonna go in and make a big deal. It's like it's like oh I just like I don't know like he's like a third grader who just got caught like I'm doing something silly and just like turns away turns turns around and just like pretends like it didn't happen. Yeah. So I, I'm trying to come up with a good one here, but I guess I'm just gonna kind of go with like a quote so i don't know if i'm if i'm straying from bullets more material or whatever but there i you thought this was pretty funny but neji harris after after the lions Aww. game <laughs> was saying they were interviewing he said i didn't even know you could tie in the nfl in my mind i was still on the bench saying i've got another quarter to go but then someone came to me and said that's it which I just think is hilarious. Like the game ends, and he's just like, "Oh, dude, like let's go. We got another quarter." And they're like, "No, like the game's over." <laughs> I think it's just absolutely hilarious that they did. Poor guy. Yeah, it's just like he just thought like the whole time, like, "Oh, it's fine. Like we're we're we got another shot." But it's just like not true. <laughs> so tough. That's so funny. He just wants to play. He just wants to go, man. Respect. Which dude? Overtime in football is so dumb. They just got figure that shit out man i hate it i hate the way it works yeah I mean, we, we, we can talk about that every single week how ridiculous yeah. the nfl's overtime rules are and it'd be one thing if it was like oh you know it would be so much to change it like it's been you know rooted in this history for years well one they, they changed the rules not that long ago i mean it was worse before but they changed them not that long ago so it's not set in stone and also the ncaa has much better overtime rules, and they've had them for years. I'm not even saying the NFL has to adopt that, but it's just showing you there is another path, a better one. Maybe they'll figure it out one day. Yeah. Okay. Dysfunctional team commentary. Um, Sean, we'll let you kick out of Giants were on by. Had any thoughts on the buy? Um, it, was a good week to re- it was a good week to regroup. Um, the Giants will somehow find a way to rattle off, like, I don't know, let's say five wins in seven weeks here, make it interesting, and just get like a, a middle of the road draft pick. Um, that's just what we do. 
but big week coming up. Monday Night Football playing the Bucks. Um, Bucks coming off a very tough loss to the Washington Dinosaurs. So uh, I do not think this is going to be good. Uh, Giants defense has been playing much better of late. However, you don't want to run into an angry Tom in Florida. Uh, so, yeah, um, we didn't lose this week. Uh, we're, in a, we're, in a, we're in a good spot if the Cowboys weren't 7-2. and um, But, yeah, uh, always a good week when you don't have that much dis- dysfunction. And this week, the dysfunction was limited. So I'll, uh, I'll kick it off to one of you. Colin, I think as you were just talking about Nazi Harris, might as well continue the conversation. Sorry. Um, yeah, I, I can continue that. Does anyone else hear like the sound that's just like grating? I do. Ears? Okay. I was just wondering. I don't, I don't want our listeners to, to think that we're just ignoring them, but hey, I don't know what it is, so I don't know how we could even fix it. But uh. <laughs> Colin, Colin, Colin has, you know... Then Timmy Malinowski is a diesel mechanic. Colin's going to go inside the internet and fix whatever this yeah, buzzing is. I, I don't know what it is, yeah. but it's, it's, it's tough. It's tough. Um, let's just we're, – we're, we're, we're suffering with you. Um, well, the Lions, like, you think, oh, like, they tied against the Steelers who are, like, 5-3. and three, Like, they should be happy. No, we shouldn't be happy. Lions are bad. This game was depressing because the Steelers – tried their absolute hardest like here please win this game and we were like no you win this game we don't want it just kept throwing it back and forth like a hot potato and jared goff threw the ball he had 14 completions in this game on 25 attempts in a really really close game like mason rudolph for for context the steelers don't have a lot of confidence in mason rudolph he threw the ball 50 times and goff threw the ball 25 times he is so unbelievably bad and he still got sacked like four times like his QBR was was fourteen point three. I I don't know what a good QBR is, but I don't, I'm assuming fourteen is, is bad. If I had to guess, I can't imagine that's good. DeAndre Swift was kind of good. It's kind of wild. We gave him the ball thirty three times, and then also targeted him five times. Wild. Um, Godwin Igubuke, nice nice touchdown run. Receivers all suck. None of them can get open. They're all terrible. We need a quarterback and receivers so unbelievably badly. More than Rango needed water. Wow. Whoa, that is Colin. Hold up. That's serious. <laughs> it's very serious. It's very, very serious. Literally, I don't care about Kayvon Thibodeau. I don't care about anyone. We need a quarterback and a receiver. Just like that are com- competent threats a little bit. Just have a little bit of speed or a little bit of skill or any like a little bit of anything. Give me something. Our running backs are like the only, and our offensive line is like fine, and then the defense is just terrible. Like we need our team needs our quarterback, wide receiver, and then just defense in general. It's just depressing. I know I should be happy, but like I can't be. I mean, this game was just. If you watch this game, your my text from my my buddy after this game was. I think I have to quit football because this game made me never want to watch a football game again because it was so gross. Just absolutely putrid is what this game was. That's all I have. All right, Finn, are we doing dysfunction on part of the Browns or function on part of the Patriots? All right, so that's actually a perfect segue because I was going to start this whole thing by you guys knowing for a while i have i have my fandom split i always mention it 
Cleveland and Boston, it's always pretty close. People always ask me, when they play each other, what do you do? And I'm like, it's really situationally dependent. But I think you guys will notice, knowing me for four years now, I've been heavy on the Browns for a long time. Yeah. That's been where my like true fandom has lied. Love the Patriots. Do not get me wrong here. Still a big Patriots fan. But the Browns is like, that's the team out of all of the unnecessary number of favorite teams that I have. That is my favorite team. And so I've had this circled on the calendar for months. Ever since the schedule released, I'm like, oh, this is perfect. Even before I knew that I was going to be working in Boston, I was going to go to this game. It was going to happen. One of my friends, shout out Thomas, came home up or came up from Connecticut with me to go to this game. Very excited. Go in there. I guess <laughs> I probably should have expected it, be wearing like a Baker Mayfield jersey into an opposing team stadium. But because I was assuming like, oh, it's not like Red Sox, Yankees or Patriots, Jets or anything like that. I'm not going to get, oh man, people were talking to me up and down the whole time, walking through the stadium. Once we got into the stadium, obviously once I left the stadium, but, uh, <laughs> and Finn's like trying to explain like, but wait guys, I'm... <laughs> I didn't even bother, but actually it was funny. My friend had a, um, a Julian Edelman shirt underneath. I gave him my Nick Chubb Jersey. I wore the Baker Jersey. And he had, he had an Edelman shirt underneath. So every once in a while, they'd be like, huh, laughing. I was like, hey, man, look what I got underneath here. <laughs> so That's awesome. there was that. Anyway, rewinding here to actually talk about the game. I have a section on the dock here that says good things. Dearness Johnson is a stud, and I hope he gets paid this offseason. The Browns aren't going to keep three running backs on like high salaries. So he's probably going to go. He's really good. He's a great story. I'm really excited that he's playing well in his opportunity. That is the end of the good things. There are zero other good things that came out of this game. They lost 45-7. to Actually, now I'm looking at this when I wrote it in the doc. Somehow I wrote Browns 45, Patriots 7. No, no, no. Maybe I was subliminally trying to force it that way. No. The Patriots 45. The Browns seven. The Browns marched down the field on the first drive of the game and looked awesome and then never scored again. It was absolutely maddening. And it wasn't like the other. And they got blown out by Arizona earlier this year. I've watched them get blown out so many times in my life. But this one just felt so tragic because you think they're over the hump. Odell's gone. They played great against Cincinnati last week. I'm not even saying he had to come in here and win this game. Just compete. Both teams were 5-4 and four heading into it. Crucial game in a log jam of an AFC if you want to distinguish yourself. And the Browns show up. The quarterback, I know you can make a million excuses and be like, oh, the left shoulder, oh, the foot injury. I know he went down in this game. He hurt his right knee. He did not make a single play in this game i love baker mayfield but man i like this is that was the first time i think the doubts ever like crept into my head about him being the future of this franchise that was bad really really bad and i'm kind of sick of the whole yo-yo thing that he goes on where i get like really excited for a week and then he comes crashing down that's kind of been his mo so far this season i know there's the injury and i know i've said it before in this podcast too i 
I'm not saying right now, like, oh, you can't re-sign Baker. He's still got the rest of this season and all of next year to prove to Cleveland if he's a franchise quarterback or not. But at this point, I kind of think it's wishful thinking to assume that he's just going to flip the switch and be like a number one overall pick caliber quarterback. They just haven't seen it consistently yet. And that's been the most frustrating thing because he's been so close so many times. He just hasn't been able to fully put it together for an entire season. He's done it for half a season. He did it in the playoff game against the Steelers, but he's just never been able to consistently string it together for to be a high-level quarterback across an entire season. And uh, also, I mean, this is basically a footnote from it, but like receivers, like your quarterback's having a terrible game. Catch the damn ball. David Njoku, two brutal drops. I think um, somebody else had a drop. I think it was Peoples-Jones. Got to catch the ball. All right, that's off the quarterback. Still hope that he can figure it out. He does have some time to figure it out. We'll see. I have a section in the notes here called questionable decisions. Number one, Kevin Stefanski's play calling is usually pretty great, but he did one of the most confusing things I've ever seen. First and goal, he ran Wildcat with the backup fullback. Have you ever seen that before? That sounds great. Not even the starting fullback. Not even the starting fullback. I so it predictably didn't work. You just ran up the middle for like negative one yards. I I saw that. And I was like, "What are you doing, guy?" Like, <laughs> I know that play calling is difficult, but like, you're doing too much. I don't, that just run me the wrong way. That was weird. But you know, the main discourse in Cleveland media after this game has been. Baker in the offense, and rightfully so, that should be the top story. But the defense was just like Joe Woods, the defensive coordinator. Patience is running a little bit thin there. I think he may have been getting bailed out by some of these good defensive performances earlier in the season by the guy that wears number 95. But I I was, I don't know if I would say yelling because I was in a public setting here, but I was visibly disturbed by the fact that the Browns' defense continued to fall for the same three types of plays over and over and over and over and over the entire game. The first one, which was the most visible, was just a simple wide receiver reverse. The Patriots ran it three times. It was Kendrick Bourne every single time. He got 43 yards on three carries for free. Nobody touched him. It was crazy. They ran it three times, and it worked every time. Second one. It's something about, I guess, getting the ball on the perimeter to the outside. Just throw a little pitch to Ramondre Stevenson. He had a great game. He went for 100 yards and two touchdowns. A lot of those coming on these little quick pitches. But the one that just absolutely made me so, so, so sad, and it's been a problem the entire year on both the offense and the defense, but specifically the defense, is third down. I have zero confidence. It could be third and 50. They're going to give it up. New England went 7-for-9 on third down. The one that really stuck out to me was 3rd and 13 in the red zone. They just ran a little screen to Brandon Effin Bolden, who went essentially untouched down to the goal line. How do you not think that there's going to be a screen there? How is nobody covering the running back? It makes absolutely no sense. Uh, here's another thing for the Browns' defense here. I'm going to read out the Patriots' drives 
for this game. There were nine of them. Touchdown, 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 field goal, punt, touchdown, 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 end of game. Three of those touchdown drives went for 90-plus yards, the last of which was led by Brian Hoyer. Nikhil Harry caught a deep ball on that drive from Brian Hoyer. Joe Woods on the hot seat, firmly. Defense spent all this money signing all these guys. John Johnson, supposed to be a slam dunk. Not good. I, The players publicly criticizing coaching decisions in the post-game press conferences. This is the Cleveland Browns I was used to. This wasn't supposed to be the case anymore. What happened? Anyway, so <laughs> despite all of that negativity, up next, sorry, Colin, they play Detroit. That should be a get-right game. It should be. Do you have anything to say to that, Colin? I mean, if it's not a get-right game, someone needs to get fired. I agree. I don't know who. <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't even. You could just like cut someone from the like the practice squad. Or yep. Someone's got to be punished if they don't yep. get right in Detroit. <laughs> um, I mean, Finn. Are, are, I guess are, here's the other question from the other side because I know this is dysfunctional for team commentary. Are the mm-hmm. Pats back? Are they because this is in Stephen A's in Stephen A? What's the Stephen A? Oh, yeah, the Stephen A list where it's just his top five teams in football. <laughs> Apparently, that's a thing. That's a segment. Okay. The Stephen A list. <laughs> Not familiar with that. Okay. No, but it's a good pun. You know, that's all. I like it. I like but it. But he had the Pats, I believe, four or five. Get at no. no, 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 in no, the no. NFL. No, yeah, no. He did. He did. He had him. He had him four or five. Um, the, the Stephen B plus list. That's <laughs> Stephen, the Stephen C list. Yeah, he has the top. He has them at four, which is like that's 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 a that's a statement right there. The Stephen A list is making a, a pretty. New England is good, not great. He has the Packers, the Titans, the Cowboys, the Pats, and the Cardinals. That's his top five teams. Uh, no, I. I'm very encouraged with what I've seen from New England. Mac Jones was awesome in this game. He was yeah. awesome. Touchdown mm-hmm. throw to Kendrick Bourne, pinpoint. Teardrop into, um, I think it was Jacoby Myers that caught it, who also caught his first touchdown in this game. So congratulations, Jacoby. But uh, he looked really good, and that yeah. was cool. But, I mean, dude, we, we got to see him play. Like we got They've been on a winning streak. I want to see him play Buffalo before we start seeing that they're the – Tennessee. Yeah, dude. Like they have some tough games coming up, so we'll see how they how they play. But I will say, dude, uh, do you see the Tyran Matthew tweets about about Mac Jones? I saw one of them. I didn't uh, see more than yeah, one. he he. I mean, it was the same probably tweet. He just had like another one below it. He said, "Mac Jones wasn't trendy enough for y'all at first. Now y'all love him, man. Y'all funny day in and day out. Y'all should be on Comedy Central." And then Dan Orlovsky commented, yup, yup. And then <laughs> Tyron Matthew said, he don't throw sidearm or run fast, so people knocked him. Dude can play QB, period. Yeah. Which is just awesome. I love it. Because, like, dude, like, yeah, he's not sexy, bro. He's not, he doesn't have a cannon. He's not, doesn't run a 4-3. The dude is so accurate, and he's so good in the pocket. Especially for a rookie, dude, he's, Playing and like people are like oh it's actually so 
Because whenever you see someone who's like, oh, Mac Jones went to the best situation, of course he's the best quarterback. Well, you know what, bro? If you look at – it's actually pretty pretty crazy. If you look at pass block win rate, which isn't the best, like it's not an infallible statistic. However, if you look at it, the Bears, the Jets, and the Patriots are right on top of each other in terms of pass block win rate and also PFF grade, actually. Like in that, like a in like a graph where run pass block win rate is the y axis and PFF grade is the x axis, those three teams are basically the exact same, and the Jags are like right next to them. And the Pats receiving weapons, like yeah, you have a couple good tight ends, but your receivers are are bottom probably bottom five, bottom eight in the NFL. You're not. It's not like he's working with freaking a bunch of studs, and he's just like a good quarterback, man. and he's playing really well. And shout out Mac Jones. That's all I got to say. Ben, I had to laugh when you sent Colin the picture of Mac Jones zoomed in from the stands pregame. Yeah. And I was like, haha, that's funny, like whatever. And then I checked back like an hour and a half later, and Mac Jones is bawling out. Bawling. Awesome. I, I, I love to see it, man. Love to see it. Yeah, and then just a couple things to, to wrap up my thoughts here. Moving past the, the game here, because I've talked enough about that already. Uh, I haven't been to an NFL game in a little bit. The last one I went to was uh, was with you, Colin, actually, in uh, Philly when the Patriots came to town there. Oh, really? That was the last NFL game I had gone to. So I, I despite the absolute <laughs> destruction of the Cleveland Browns here, going to an NFL game is always a great time. Uh, also, being at full capacity again in the sporting event, interacting with all the people there, uh, had some memorable moments, including <laughs> – I mentioned pregame. There were a lot of people like talking because I was, you know, I was wearing a Browns jersey. One comment that uh, haunted me after the results of the game ended up being one guy. He looked at my friend and I had said something. that was like, "Oh, where are your guys' bags?" And I was like, "Is right as we were about to go through like the the metal detector." And I was like, "It's a weird thing to say." What? It's like, "No, no, no. The bags over your head." I was like, "Oh, haha, funny." Oh, and I no. said, "I said back to him. I said we don't do that anymore." Ouch. <laughs> That was not – looking back on that comment, that's a, that's an old takes exposed based on how that game went right there. And then uh, in, if you want to put this in, bizarre things that only happen when you're in a large group of people. So the, the people in front of us, they were nice, but it was like like whatever your stereotype, like good or bad for like a frat boy is, this guy to a T. The stereotype. That guy and his girlfriend. And then that guy's friend came down in the fourth quarter. And it's like since he didn't have a seat there and everybody was standing up, he was just kind of standing in front of them. And he kept on yelling about how he had a Nikhil Harry prop bet for a touchdown, which is just such a terrible bet. Because Nikhil Harry barely plays. And then the plot twist of the whole thing was... He was very drunk. He said something at the end where it was like, yeah, and I was doing this on a broken foot. And everybody was like, what? And then he's like, yeah, let me show you. He put up, like, directly in front of me, like, his foot in a boot. Just, like, put it up on the seat without anybody asking him about it. And then he got it stuck there, obviously, because he has a broken foot. And his friends had to help him get the foot off of the seat and back down so he could walk away. And then he left. And then he was gone. Like, not kicked out. Oh, he yeah. just walked away on the boot. This sounds quite interesting. That was uh, that 
interacting with the people again. And then just one last quick, quick thing before we get into top fives here. Uh, A new sub segment within dysfunctional team commentary for me because the Browns are kind of struggling when it looks to the playoff picture. This is called uh, Finn's Delusional Path for the Browns to get to the playoffs. uh, Week 11 edition. They're currently 5-5. I say you get to 10-7 if you beat the Lions, you split with the Ravens, you beat the Raiders, the Steelers, and the Bengals, and you lose to the Packers. Ten and seven. Get that ten, get that seven seed. We're in. Okay, that's all I got. I don't even know how we follow that up, Finn. <laughs> Sorry, I'm. I, I, while Finn was going on in the Browns, I'm just deep in the field with the. Uh, Noah Syndergaard betrayal. I feel like someone just like betrayal broke up with me. Yeah, it's terrible. I don't know. The uh, the dude spent the entire season just saying how much he loved New York, how he was trying to come back. Even tweeted earlier as like last week that he wants to be back. He loves it. He's grateful for the qualifying offer. Posted a picture on Sunday, like right by my apartment, that said "I love New York" and signed with the Angels. Mm. Tragic, but it's all right. He's following the Matt Harvey route. He'll uh, he'll go rot and fall away. But I kind of like him. I don't know. This is this is this is tough, man. Very tough. That, that, that is tough. That is, that is definitely tough. Sorry, I forgot. It is tough, name. but it is off topic. So we are on to top five, top five, I... top five. There we go. Excited. I had the I had the outline up on my phone, and my phone died. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> That's gonna be a problem. <laughs> do, do you need to take a, a minute to get a charger or something like that, or no? I can I can move the uh, the laptop is mobile. <laughs> not not the mobile office. That's uh, we're in a very stationary office at the moment, oh, and we're not in an Alabama bathroom. Even more of a shame. God, if, if the Browns can only play like I'm watching in Alabama every time. I'll be the happiest guy. So, Finn, it's funny you mention that. I was at a, uh, a Goldman event tonight. I met a Browns fan, and we bonded over the Browns-Steelers game. Nice. Oh, yeah. Love it. But he's a Browns fan from Toronto. I was like, how he, did that happen? He said he picked the team as a kid, and he picked the Browns. Mm. <laughs> I'm like, oh, great pick. Ouch. <laughs> Salute. Tough. All right, I, I will kick off the top fives unless anybody else has a burning desire to. Go for it, Finn. Every offensive lineman's dream is to get their one shining moment to get into the end zone, score a touchdown, maybe do a funny touchdown dance. But that's even extra. You just want... First of all, you just want the ball. And I'm not talking about the, oh, you're a center. You touch the ball every snap. No, none of that. I want to carry the ball and move forward and gain yards. And that is why our offensive lineman hero, Robert Hunt, right guard of the Miami Dolphins, made one of the most spectacular plays that didn't count in NFL history on Thursday night football. And by the way, we didn't talk about that, The we did the you know our classic when we think it's going to be a blowout during game picks that like oh three two one Ravens how like the Dolphins won that game that's bizarre 
don't even know what happened there. But in that game, Robert Hunt, right guard, as I said, from the Dolphins, near the goal line, decided to catch a screen pass that was clearly meant for a running back and ran towards the end zone for glory and in the process flipped over, reached the ball out, and scored what he thought was a touchdown but clearly is illegal touching because he was an ineligible player because he was the right guard. Anyway, there is so much that happened in that play that I'm going to give you the top five moments from the glorious Robert Hunt play that should have been a touchdown because it was cool. This is going to be epic, Finn. Yes. Number five, not even a Robert Hunt thing. Actually, I should have wrote down whoever made this play before, so I'm sorry to whoever, whichever Ravens player this was. The tackle itself. Robert Hunt is a very large man. The guy that made the hit, like, it was a shockingly hard hit on a 300-plus pound man. So just had to throw that out there. Good job. And it also created the classic image of, well, I'll get to it in a second, what happened to Robert Hunt here. Number four. The other Dolphins players having absolutely no idea what to do. I don't blame them. You see that the right guard has the ball instead of the running back. You're like, uh, do I still block? I think it was Mike Kosicki just kind of stood there. Like, had no idea what was going on. So, uh, yeah, this play being so fascinating that even the players in the middle of the play decided to sit and watch it unfold. Number three. I'm going to go with the fact that he caught the ball in the first place. I don't know what he was looking at. The running back was right next to him waiting to catch the ball. And it wasn't like a situation where a defender was right right there and could have possibly intercept it. No, he just like turned around and took it. Who knows? Number two. I think this is the most slept on part of this play because number one is the most talked about. But number two, the cut. This man put a move on a Ravens linebacker and got him to over-pursue, plant the foot in the ground, go back to the inside, big man, full head of steam towards the end zone, showing a little bit of agility there, Robert Hunt. I'd love to see it. And number one, the full extension for the touchdown while having his head directly above the ground, like he was fully upside down when he reached the ball out towards the end zone. A lot of things must have been running through his mind how he had the ball in the first place, that he was almost going to score a touchdown. He has a nose for the end zone. Maybe the Dolphins will draw up some plays for him. He shows some agility, and he's got a nose for the end zone. So that is my top five moments for the glorious Robert Hunt play, um, living out every offensive lineman's dream. It would have been an epic play, but it's an epic picture that will hang in the Hall of Fame forever. Absolutely. All right, well – I can go next. Um, surprise, surprise. It's food-themed. Yes. I feel like I have to at this point. Yep. Um, so I was inspired this week by, first of all, I went down to uh, went down in South Jersey, uh, went to Top Golf with some friends, but my friend Michael Galski's mom makes these cookies I really like. And they're like, the best way to describe it, I'd say, like, take a chalk chip cookie, but like make it in a ball shape and then roll it in powdered sugar. It is very, very, very good. Um, she got wind of me coming, and she made me cookies. So I currently have her cookies in the city. So that was that was the inspiring factor here. And also today, I'm working hard, working away, and uh, my analyst went to go get coffee, and she comes back with a cookie for me. So I feel like this had to be. So we're going top five types of cookies, according to Sean. 
Um, this is a very tough list to make, but uh, it is final. Um, coming in with an honorable mention, I felt like it needed to be mentioned. That I said mentioned twice, whatever. Uh, due to its um, very distinct, uh, uh, not appearance is the wrong word, very distinct type of cookies, a little bit different than everything else. Uh, honorable mention was black and white. Uh, it's more of like a cakey type cookie, and the icing's very good, but I can never decide which side I want more, the, the black side or the white side. If you eat it down the middle, it's, I don't know, you can go half and half, but black and whites are always good, but just, just miss my top five. Uh, number five. We're going to go with any cookie that has sprinkles on it. Chocolate sprinkles, rainbow sprinkles. I'm talking about the cookie that's in the box that like your grandma or your aunt brings over that like, it doesn't look like a great cookie, but it's just fantastic. Got probably like a sugar cookie with some sprinkles on it. Amazing. Don't know what about it, but any cookie with sprinkles coming in at number five. Number four, going with the rainbow cookie. Uh, Again, could it be more of a cake? Yes, but it's called a cookie, so we'll rock with it. Uh, you really can't go wrong with jelly filling and covered in chocolate. But I must say, rainbow cookies could be one of the most like hit or miss cookies. You either have a good rainbow cookie or it's really not good at all. Number three, sort of a shocking one here. I was kind of surprised I put it this low in my power rankings, to be honest. We're going with chocolate chip. Um, stunning upset here in the, uh, in the bracket. I don't know. I really love chocolate chip cookies, but I like my other two kinds more. Uh, chocolate chip cookies are versatile. They can be soft. They can be crispy. They can be thin. They can be fat. And they're always good. Um, I just really like cookies, so I guess they came in at number three. Uh, number two, we're going to start to sense a theme here, and the theme is jelly. Uh, big jelly-filled cookie guy. So we're going to go with Linzer Tarts at number two. Uh, ever since I was a kid, not really sure why, but I just – like them a lot. Uh, filled with some nice nice jam, jelly, nice good sugar cookie covered in powdered sugar. Uh, fun fact, as a little kid, I called them Jelly Cookie Welcome because I thought they made people feel welcome. And coming in at number one, I don't know the name of this type of cookie, and I kind of feel sad because I Googled it and I really couldn't find it. Um, anything that's filled with jelly and covered in chocolate, like the ones that are like the sandwich dipped the sandwich that's stuck together with the jelly and you dip it in the chocolate so it sprinkles on the outside. Those are amazing. Um, if you are one of the lunatics who either just eats one half or rips it in half and leaves the other half in the box for someone, uh, that is a criminal offense and you need to go to jail unless, unless you're being a very kind individual and just eating the non-chocolate part and leaving the chocolate part for the next man. Um, but yeah, that's my top five of cookies. Did I miss any? I was I was sitting here ready to just be like, hey, you missed it. I'm still saying what I think you missed, but if you're a jelly cookie guy, I totally get three of your top five being there. That's what you like. Totally get it. Two that I would have thrown in there. One, in my opinion, the most underrated cookie in the world, white chocolate macadamia nut. Fantastic. Good play. So it's a, it's a sophisticated cookie. <laughs> That's a, I never viewed it as that, but okay. Fair enough. And then this is probably the hot take. I know many people hate it. I'm, I like oatmeal raisin cookies a lot. I'm a big fan. Now, Finn, are we telling me they're oatmeal raisin or am I thinking it's chocolate chip and biting into it and being that extremely disappointed? I agree <laughs> that that sucks when you think it's a chocolate chip cookie and it's an oatmeal raisin. That's fair. But I, I do, if I am being told it's an oatmeal raisin cookie, I love it. I'm a big fan. 
Fair. If I'm told it's oatmeal raisin, it can be good. But if I'm expecting chocolate chip and I get oatmeal raisin, I'm going to be a very unhappy customer. That's fair. Also, I forgot to specify. Mm. Jelly filled. It cannot be that weird apricot jam. It's got to be like the raspberry one. Oh, okay. Like if it's if it's red, it's good. It can be raspberry, some other sort of like, I don't know, red berry. But apricot, it's sort of like when you bite into a chocolate chip and you get an oatmeal raisin. So uh, we'd like to retroactively go back and edit in uh, raspberry filled jelly, jelly cookie covered in chocolate. Nice. I feel like Colin, you, I mean, there's a cookie that I think you, that's top of mind for you, but you have such a complicated relationship with it that I don't know if you can even say the word anymore. Classic Oreo. Yep. Dangerous. <laughs> so dangerous. <laughs> Colin, how many boxes of Oreos have you had? Oh my God. Can't even count. Too many, but also not enough. I'm so glad I don't live with Alec anymore. I don't have unsolicited Oreos coming at me all the time. But I also really miss living with Alec because I don't have unsolicited Oreos coming at me all the time. <laughs> that, was, that was really nice of him, but that was just chaos. He, I think also, he brought three. There were three. And it would have been like so nice of him, but then I, by the end, I got the feeling he's just doing it to like mess with me emotionally. It was just... Like, this- the second time he did it, 100% to fuck with you. <laughs> Guaranteed. Yeah. So my top five, you know, in honor of, of Steven's A-list, I might have to do Colin's A-list this week. Ooh. Just, just give it my, my top five teams so far this season. Top five Super Bowl contenders. Also, okay, I don't think Steven's A-list included the Buccaneers, which is just absolutely wild. <laughs> that you can just not include. I understand they just lost to the Washington football team, but, like, come on. Like, we've had a lot of, like, every top team, basically, has lost to some team, haven't they? And the, well, yeah, I, I sorry. Like all the, yeah, you're good. I feel like all the top teams have had bad losses. Now, right? I, I would agree with that. Uh, just the one thing I was going to say before you can go on here is that maybe it's not Stevens a list. Maybe it's Stevens a list, okay. and it's just a yeah. list of five teams. It could be that list of five teams. You never know. I feel like that that could definitely be possible. Um, but yeah, man. I mean, like the Bills lost. The Bills. No, the Bills. Who did they screw? No, yeah. Jacks. Jags, lots of Jags. Uh, the Ravens got pounded by the Dolphins. The Titans lost to someone bad. I forget. The Jets. The Jets. Now I'm just really confused. And then the Chiefs have been here all year. And the Cowboys got beat on by the Broncos. Weird year, man. But the Packers are, as much as I hate them, man, the Packers are looking. Colin Davis, number five. You know what? I, this is one I'm going to agree with Steve. Well, Arizona, number five. It's been great this year. With Tyler back, they're dangerous. I don't, still not fully, fully in. Don't win Super Bowl in, but hey, good team. Four. If I go with the Bills, um, I'm still not completely sold on the Bills. I really want to see them play the Pats twice, but 
they've been really good. They were really good last year in the playoffs. They've had a good, they have a good body work behind them. I think they're really good right now. Yeah, you can't argue with Rizal for the three. Got to go with the Titans. They've been just really, really good this whole year. And Ryan Tannehill is playing at an elite level. I mean, Ryan Tannehill might be more impressive right now than any quarterback, in my opinion. I mean, Derrick Henry's gone, right? Derrick Henry's gone. Julio's not playing. He, he might be working with the worst skill position group in the NFL. He's got A.J. Brown and then literally nothing. And he's still, they're still 8-2, the running games. If they keep this up, he, he's got a damn good case for being talked about in a pretty elite group of quarterbacks. Um, but you know what? They're still Titans. Still got to see a little more before they get into my top two. Um, And now I'm kind of realizing I left some teams out, but number two, got to go with the Cowboys. So you can't, the offense is unbelievable. Still, think that they're going to be incredible dangerous if they were on the team. Bears challenge them, and then the Packers run away. And the Bucks are actually. I almost, I literally talked about how Stephen A left the Bucks off, and then I also left the Bucks off, so Collins A-list got dangerously close to Stephen A, Stephen's A-list, so, but we, we're, we're back, we're good, I left it straight. Yeah, that, that's a, uh, that is a good, a good list right it's there. It's actually just Collins A-list, it's not even just random. Too. This is Colin, middle initial, Finn. Yeah, Colin Middle Initial Finn's list. Yes. Yeah, I can't really argue with anything that you said in your list right there. I mean, a week or two ago, I'd be like, oh, yeah, the Rams got to be up in there, but uh, not anymore. No, they've. I, I feel bad, man, because I really want to draft a big dude. No, 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 Colin. It's Odell's fault, right? Whatever yeah, Troy Aikman said. It is Odell's fault. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just, uh, I'm not the biggest fan of the guy, but like, people got to relax. Like, it, the dude's been there for three days. <laughs> Give him yeah, some time. It's definitely his fault that they're not playing well. He's been there for so long. Bizarre situations around the NFL. Crazy, man. They, they losses this year, but really bad teams have been wild. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's every week. It's, I mean, you didn't even talk about this week. The dinosaurs beat the Buccaneers. Yeah, bizarre. Dinosaurs. The, the, the what? Like, come on. All right, I think it is bulletin board material time. I just realized usually we do the bulletin board, then top five, then low wheels, because bulletin board and low wheels are a little similar sometimes. So it's just kind of going to be a hodgepodge. We're going to call this first part bulletin board material, but I know Colin usually scrolls through his stuff, so feel free to just say whatever is top of mind here. I'm going to go with my first bulletin board material here which comes from Michael Vick, who is now a commentator on 
Fox, Fox Sports. Um, <laughs> apparently, Fox aired a promo over the weekend about they're making a Madden documentary. And they interviewed Michael Vick. And in this interview, Michael Vick, you know, who's probably the most famous Madden player of all time, specifically the Madden 04 Michael Vick, we just run around, who's a cheat code. Everybody wanted to beat the Falcons. I'm sure some people said, like, hey, you know, we're going to play a friendly game of Madden. Agree. You can't beat the Falcons because Michael Vick's too overpowered. Uh, but shockingly, Michael Vick said he played as Tom Brady and Peyton Manning in Madden because he wanted to play as a pocket passer. Wow. Interesting. I guess he didn't know what it was like. Yeah. He's just like, I'm too good at actual football. And like my character in Madden's too fun. So it's just like, I'm going to be pocket passers, Tom Brady and Peyton Manning. That is a crazy tidbit that I would not have expected from Mike Vick. And then uh, my second one here is... I was just going to say it's from AJ Dillon. This actually came from today, but I noticed that his Twitter name is AJ parentheses, the sauce Dylan. I don't know what that's about, but apparently he's also known as the sauce. And uh, <laughs> I think he bought a share because I know the Packers put up some more shares for their uh, ownership up for 300 bucks. And he b- posted a screenshot that he bought one and he uh, brought in the caption self-employed. So that was pretty funny. <laughs> He's uh, to going to the moon. He's going to the moon. And then uh, just one other last quick note that nobody cares about, but I just have to shout it out right now. Uh, shout out to the Pumachan brothers. They are quarterbacks that are from Connecticut. One is the backup at Clemson. The other one is the backup at UConn. Uh, the one at Clemson actually got in the game when UConn played Clemson this weekend. They did a jersey swap. Shout out Connecticut high school football players. Anyway, kick it off to somebody else. All right, uh, bulletin board material on my end. Um, also courtesy of Billy Football, we'll go first, Finn, with uh, a high school – I think he's an offensive lineman, hard to tell. Uh, Maddox Sargent, who shaved his number into his leg hair on the, like his like the side of his legs and his like, – I think it's the front of his legs, it's hard to tell. Um, so in case you can't see his jersey, you know what number he is. What a football guy. Uh, and I didn't. I honestly didn't even want to really, uh, really give him the uh, the platform here, being on bulletin board material. But we're just gonna we're gonna go back and know know Syndergaard's Twitter timeline from the past month, and uh, just say how much of a Benedict Arnold this guy is. Uh, we'll go to September 29th. It was like a month and a half ago. All right, not too bad. To all my Mets faithful, I love you. Keep going. This week, two days ago, he is trolling people about signing or not re-signing. He goes, re-sign or sign. And then he posts a picture of the city and a picture of I love New York. And then he's making fun of people. And he tweets out a video of a guy with his head pressed up against someone's shirt, like giving him a hug and rubbing his head saying qualifying offer feelings. And then uh, he trolled John Heyman, who tweeted out that the Mets will give him the qualifying offer and they're willing to spend uh, – and he was making fun of it saying it looks high. And Syndergaard tweeted out a, a meme saying, thanks for sharing that story, making fun of him. And his Twitter bio, 
Hi, I'm Noah. Some people call me Thor. I'm a Met. I'm actually pitching again. Uh, no, you're not. Uh, get out of here. Don't let the door hit you on the way out. You were one of my favorite players. You could have left on good terms, but you betrayed us. Horrible. Hate to see it. Sorry. It's very tough, Finn. He uh, play, played a major role the last two years, pitching two whole innings in two years. Well, then you got a throwback jersey. So I do. Now I can rock it with my UNS Cespedes jersey, too. Nice. Now, if only I had the Lion King teed up. And, yes, the Lion King is still my alarm, and no one can make fun of me for it. At this point, you just have to keep it. it it's just such a it's it's iconic, well known I mean, fact that's just associated with you. It's it is iconic. You are correct. I'm trying to play it now, but my oh, there we go. Yeah, sorry, my iPhone. Uh, if my iPhone seven can last, the Lion King alarm that I set during the 2015 World Series can also say. Wow, that makes me realize how long I've had my phone. Oof. That's a I'll tough one. Reintroduce the conversation with the. I don't even know what that noise was. How are we doing? Yeah, we're good. Yeah. One more, um, so, I guess it's my turn for bulletin board material, even though I've, I've already been using them. So I've been using up all my, my tweets, but with my power and not one and not. I forget, but I got a couple more. We're good. <laughs> this one was funny. Just this guy that tweeted, uh, John P. Gilbert NFL tweeted, I'm shocked that a veteran didn't come by the Seahawks, come play for the league minimum to Seattle with Russell Wilson and get a shot at a ring sales pitch from a team with a single postseason victory since Obama left office. It's it, it just kind of crazy to me. Like, I could have sworn. Like, the Seahawks have been more successful than that. But when you think about it, like, they haven't made a lot of deep runs in quite a long time. Yeah, it kind of shows you if, uh, if you have a, a good or a, a big-name quarterback and you had, a, like, a really cool nickname for some part of your team and, like, Every couple of years, people can be like, oh, this is the new version of that nickname. Obviously, I'm talking about the Legion of Boom. Like, you can just, like, ride that for, like, a decade. Yeah. And they've done it well. Obama left office, like, a pretty fat minute ago. To have one win since he left is kind of crazy. It is. A little off topic here, but the name just flashed across my screen. Football football guy. Football name. OC Human Euro. Giant legend. Yeah. yeah. One of my friends sent me his highlights. The Giants posted a, uh, a video of it today. So, a guy for the Packers named Patrick Taylor got his first NFL touch this week. Hey, Patrick Taylor. Did you know that he, in 2018, he was played for Memphis? He shared a backfield with Darrell Henderson, Tony Pollard, and Antonio Gibson. And this guy had 1,400 yards and 18 touchdowns. What? Isn't that crazy? That's nuts. Dude, like that Memphis backfield, there needs to be like some sort of like 
video about that. Like, that's crazy, though. To have Darrell Henderson, Tony Pollard, and Antonio Gibson in the same backfield, and this other dude who just got out of a carry, he had 1,400 yards, 18 touchdowns. Like, that's actually wild. That's absurd. Yeah, I mean, the gold standard for probably those crazy backfields is one of the Alabama ones. I can't piece together who was there at the same time at the top of my head right now, but I'm sure there's just an absurd one. Yeah. But, uh, or like the Alabama quarterback room at one point. Yeah. Like stupid. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, something like that. But, but yeah, that, that, that would definitely fun. be up there. That's crazy. Especially yeah. like a Memphis. It's a random school. Mm-hmm. It reminds and me then, of the uh, – oh, sorry. The, oh, you're uh, good. Oh, I got The Arkansas backfield. I know none of these guys really had, like, I guess, you know, all pro Hall of Fame careers, but uh, – Arkansas had Darren McFadden, Felix Jones, and Peyton Hillis at the same time. And that was for a while like, whoa, like these three guys in the same backfield. And then obviously none of them really. Finn, Finn. Peyton Hillis is a legend on the cover of Madden 07. Number 40. Ooh, Madden 12. Who's Madden 07 then? Oh, that's Sean Alexander. That's Sean Alexander. I'm I'm mixing up all my Wii covers here. It's been a minute. I know I have I have the Vince Young Titans one, and I have the Peyton Hillis Browns one. Elite. It's sad that I know this. 08 and 12. Oh. Finn, who was 2011? 2011 was Drew Brees. 2012. Let's see how, how much we can go. Peyton Hillis. Yes, I know. <laughs> that was a good one. All right, so next week we'll play a game in which Finn will try to name as many Madden covers as we can. So make oh, sure God. to tune in. <laughs> Sorry, we got you off, Colin. You got something yet, another one. No, you're good. Um, I think I do. Yeah, it's the top five highest-grade quarterbacks from PFF so far this year. Tom Brady, one. Kirk Cousins, two. Tannehill three, Herbert four, Mac Jones five. Wow, how crazy is that? Who would have thought? Who would have thunk that to this point in time we'd be talking about those five guys being the highest grade guys in PFF so far this year? But like, I mean, even just the fact that all these guys are having like seasons that can, like, just are absolutely elite is crazy, or at least like really really good. And you wouldn't, bro, Kirk just like. I wish I almost wish Shanahan had gotten Kirk because I feel like it would have actually been crazy. Kirk is basically like a better Jimmy G. It's just like Jimmy G without all the really stupid things that he does and inability to throw deep would have been like more fun. But I don't know. That's crazy, bro. Good for good for those guys. Good for good to see. Yeah, that's like a – I think you're a one Matthew Stafford away from getting your, your holy trinity of quarterbacks right now into that top five. Almost. Almost. So close. Yeah. yeah. All right. I know they're pretty similar segments, but I got a couple here that are a little bit different for some uh, little Weedles – in here, I'm going to start with uh, the University of Miami, Florida. Uh, their football team. Remember how, you know, 
back in the day, Catholics versus convicts. You had that crazy, I think it was 2003 national championship team, maybe 2010. I don't remember the exact year, but they had, you know, Ray Lewis, Ed Reed, Andre Johnson, all these big name players. And now they just suck. And it's just encapsulated in this play. They played against Florida State, another fading former power. And uh, actually, now that I'm, no, I'm going to go down a rabbit hole of that later. Sorry. Um, they had the ball. Down three. couple seconds left on their own 45. Spike it, right? So that's what they do. But the quarterback <laughs> took like a three-step drop before spiking it, and the clock ran out. So, Lil Weedle for the Miami quarterback. I'm not sure what his name is, but that is a tragedy right there. And then my it, other – sorry, go ahead. He said it's so bad he doesn't even deserve to get his name shared. Yeah. But the video that I pulled it from was just from a Twitter account called uh, SportsVids1, and it just had no captions. So, that's – you know I'm pulling it from directly from the source right there. Um. My other little wheel this week, I don't know if we've had an announcer. Actually, no, that's a lie. We probably had Jason Witten as a little wheel back when he was commentating Monday Night Football. But a return to an announcer being a little wheel here, also Monday Night Football. This is Steve Levy made a really, really weird comment. It was fourth and five. The 49ers had the ball at the Rams 40. And Steve Levy started talking about how the analytics community would want you to punt it here. And then they scored a touchdown on the play, and he's like, the analytics community is furious. The analytics community, it's always weird when like people like group it into this like one like homogenous thing where it's like analytics says to do this. No, there's a lot of things going on. But objectively, if you were to group it all into like one thing, they want you to go for it on fourth down, not punt it from your opponent's 40. And then he like doubled down on it. That was really, really weird. I don't know. So little Weedle for you, Steve Levy. Don't take on analytics. Come on. Yeah. Uh Uh-oh. Text from anything. Or y'all start talking. Hmm. What is what has yes, changed? Colin. Yes, we are, but I think we're at the end anyway. <laughs> hmm. Maybe Zencaster heard Colin's chat before the podcast and knew that they'd kick him out by eleven thirty. Damn. Wow, this is tragic, Colin. Colin puts his name in Zencaster too with like a semicolon and then a less than sign. So it's like a very unhappy face. Very sad. This is very sad. Um, weird. What, what do we do now? <laughs> I feel like by the time we get Colin back, it's going to be done. But at the same yeah, time, was- I feel like Colin... Con has propensity to just drop in and out of Zencaster. Yeah, it's fair. The only, the only thing that was, uh, unless you guys had any little wheels to go through, was going to be game picks. Game picks, yeah. Hmm. Colin, 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 Colin. Oh, now he's gone, gone. Offline. Um. 
in the meantime, I will recap how we did on our game picks here. Unless, actually, I think I went first for Little Beatles. Do you have anything else, Sean? That's all I got on my Little Beatles front. No worries. Colin, are you back? Yes. Colin Colin took off his helmet. He screamed at the camera. I'm back. I had to get very sad for a little bit. Mine Um, yeah, like I, I'm trying to think of some little Weedles. I from the Michigan basketball team did that little Weedles, and even seen help in it, and just Big Ten basketball in general. Like Marquette, Duke. Oh yeah. Or is it Illinois? Someone. Mhm. Yeah. Yes, we can. No, you're oh, good. I thought I was gone for a second. I thought just I didn't know how deep you were going to go into right. Big Ten basketball. I, I have no knowledge of Big Ten yeah. basketball, so that's why I was. Well, they they keep losing. The Big East just they they're just they're not even the Big Ten. <laughs> just the Ten. Big the Big East is just big. It's huge. Yeah, we're just the big. Yes, big. Okay. We're, the, we're the big Big East. <laughs> we we not only maintained our big, but we stole our big. All right. No, I think that's I think that's all I got. My little leaders were were weak this week. That's right. Yeah, that was. <laughs> I mean, and I already used David Tepper because he like I already talked about the pain of Cam's replacement, and then also his replacement to replace his replacement. Sounds like something that would happen in the movie, The Replacements. Yes. Also, David Tepper is currently paying Cam's replacement. The replacement for Cam's replacement and Cam to replace the replacement for his own replacement. I'm just imagining the, the scene from The Office where it's like the, the, the murder in Savannah episode where at the end they all have the finger guns pointed at each other. That's what I think it's going on inside David Tepper's mind right now. And I actually do have one more little little. I forgot that Robert Woods has his quote. <laughs> They asked him about the OBJ signing, and he said, like Russ said, <laughs> fuck them things. I love it. But he, there wasn't even a pick. I know, but he just, he just doesn't want draft again. Like, Robert Woods doesn't hate draft picks. Very, very funny. There. All right, so... Uh, the return of game picks, as we know, everybody starts their game picks in week 10, so we were right on time. And uh, again, this is like yeah, yeah. Connecticut just legalized sports gambling. So one of my friends was like, hey, you know, maybe when you come back to Thanksgiving, maybe set up an account. If I go 5-8, and eight, not even factoring in the spread, <laughs> this is, I have no chance with the spread. Um, well, Finn, that's why yeah. you should do the arbitrage thing and just print money. The, the Monet printer. Yes. Um, how, how do you think you guys did? Not good. I have a propensity you're very good at this, but now I'm worried. <laughs> well, uh, we all went five and eight. Hmm. All three of us. 
Well, if it makes you feel better, my spread picks were oh, no. And he said, <laughs> "Yes, I had I had Falcons plus nine, Titans minus two and a half. That was close. Lions plus eight and a half was my only win. I had Broncos minus three, Seahawks Ouch. plus four, and Raiders plus two and a half. And like three of those lost in like really good fashion, like in by like fucking twenty points." Yeah, I'd say some of those didn't even have a uh, a chance. No, like they were over like in the first three minutes of the bet. Yeah, so before we go into week 11, as always, quick shout out for people that went against the grain here, picking against the other two hosts. Each one of us had one here. Colin was the only one to get the Patriots over the Browns. I got the Vikings over the Chargers, and Sean, you got the Packers over the Seahawks. So good job to all three of us. It's very equal this week. All five and eight. All of us got one against the grain. Very nice. I feel like I feel like my pick there wasn't really uh, that outlandish. G- 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 give yourself some credit, though. I, I, as, I, as I was saying that, I was like, eh, but, you know, you were the only one to do it. I guess so. It was really uh, controversial. Yes. All right. Thursday Night Football. Patriots at Falcons. Trap game or are the Patriots for real? I feel like the Patriots win this game and then manage to lose to the Jets somehow in a very meaningful way later in the season. I'm going Patriots, but I I have a, a, a sneaking suspicion this might be a game that they lose. Uh, Colts at Bills. Could be. Oh, sorry, go ahead, Kyle. Yeah. Okay. Buffalo's back. Bills. Roll Bills. Ravens at Bears. Ravens have been a weird team. Lamar bounces back. The Bears are just really bad. Yeah, Matt Nagy's a no. Give me Baltimore. Um, yeah. Did you go uh, Baltimore as well, Colin? Sorry, I can get ready. Sean, are you doing dishes? No, I was having a cookie. I got some powdered sugar in my hand. So I had ah. to like, wash it off my hand, and I realized it's probably making noise. <laughs> gotcha. No, no, no worries. I was just, I was just wondering. All right. Uh, you, can't do, you can't do dishes when you're eating out 21 meals a week. That's right. That is <laughs> definitely true. forgot about that. All right. This is a friendly fire here. Lions at Browns. Or Browns at Lions, excuse me. The other way around. Oh. Browns. <laughs> Lions are so bad. Cleveland, and I'm leading first to lose. Cleveland needs I'm to win this. this Please. I would say we have to, we have to go with Cleveland because – if the Lions do win, you're both going to be upset. So It's true. You're right. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to actually show that. I was thinking that. You're right. All right. Next one is Texans at Titans. Uh, t- okay, Texans, Texans off just, a bye. The Texans are just absolutely atrocious. So we'll go to the Titans. Yeah, Texans are bad. Titans gone. Cool. Yeah, Titans. Um, 
we're all the same right now, but we'll see if that changes with this one. Packers and Vikings. Vikings coming off a big one. Yeah, I'll take the I'll take the Vikings. I'll bite the bullet on the Vikings this week. Yeah, I was gonna be controversial and take the Vikings, and uh, yeah, I'll still do it. <laughs> okay, I'll take the Packers. <laughs> that way, that's the benefit of going third there. Um, ooh, Dolphins yeah. and Jets. No. Oh no. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> um. Oh my God, Miami! I guess somebody has to win. Wait, did you mean? I mean, Dolphins, my, I, Dolphins, or, okay. or no, yeah. Dolphins Jets. Sometimes sorry. I enter it in wrong. Dolphins, I think Dolphins Jets. No, what, what am I? Oh, I was yeah, my bad. If Mike White from like a month ago comes to play, maybe, but if not, Dolphins. But hey, I'll trust Mike White. We'll go Jets. Uh, I don't know. four interceptions came crashing back down to earth here. This is an interesting one. Saints and Eagles. Hmm. I'll go with the. I'll go with the Saints. I really don't like the Eagles. Great Eagles. logic. Eagles at home. Yeah, I also don't like the Eagles, so I guess I'll go to the Saints. Uh, I, I think I have just a bias against the Fair, fair, fair. Uh, dinosaurs at Panthers. Um, Panthers. They got a lot of weird games this week. Yeah. Mm. The Panthers just aren't good, but the Dinosaurs lost Chase Young, and their offense is just bad. So we'll go with the Panthers. This feels like a game where Taylor Heineke throws three back-breaking interceptions, but also throws four touchdowns, and they win on the last second field goal. Dinosaurs. That's quite the game. Colin, did you say you're sorry? I didn't hear it. Um, yeah, um, Panthers. Uh, 49ers at Jaguars. CJ Beathard revenge game. I mean, I just don't know what to think about the Jaguars and the whole Josh Allen thing. So, uh, yeah. Yeah, um,. The fact that I'm even thinking about this, think, thinking about this is something. But I'll go with the Niners. Uh, Trevor Lawrence is not good, and the Niners is something to play for. Yeah, I'll take the Niners. Urban Meyer looks sadder, and like that thing he does where he just puts his hands on his knees and just stares into the ground. He just looks so sad. The 49ers. Uh, Bengals at Raiders. Couple of teams that had hot starts that have fallen off a little bit. Bengals need this one. Um, 
Raiders obviously do too. I think the young guns and the Bengals come up strong. Jamar Tish goes off. Go Tigers. Bengals at Raiders. Uh, this is like the biggest toss up of the week, probably. Uh, Sean went. Sean I did went not Bengals pick yet, but I, 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 I'll, I'll pick Bengals. now. Oh. I'm gonna go Raiders. Oh. Despite Bengals coming off the bye, going out to the desert in Vegas. I don't know. I feel like Vegas bounces back. Yeah, I think this is gonna be really close. I'm. I mean, might be might be a pretty good game. Um, I'll go. I'll go Bengals. Fair enough. Yeah. The Raiders let me down last week. So. Ooh, this is a good game. Cowboys and Chiefs. Who needs it more? Uh, the Chiefs do, and I think they come out strong and get the win. I'll take the boys. I think they're going to keep rolling. Chiefs at home. This game's in Dallas. I'm taking the Cowboys, but Chiefs at home. Uh, Cardinals at Seahawks. Kyler Murray's health is still a question. Yeah, do we know what's going to be? Do we know who's going to play this week? Let me do a quick search. Cliff Kingsbury said it's going to be close. Hmm. So, and we're picking right now. We can't change this, you can, right? You can change it if you want to. I'll share the doc. I don't really mind. Is Colin giving a contingent pick? Well, yeah, I don't I just, I don't know. Like, if Kyler's out, probably taking the Seahawks. But if Kyler plays... What? Screw it! I'll just take the say I'm gonna go away. with the, I'm gonna go with the Cardinals either way. I think the Seahawks. This is this their just not a good season. They were really really bad. Yeah, they, last week. So hopefully they they look terrible. Bad yeah, but so did the Cardinals. I mean, obviously it makes sense. No Kyler, no D Hop, but but the Cardinals no Seahawks. Uh, Steelers at Chargers. I think the last time I remember these two teams playing, it was also a primetime game. This one, Sunday Night Football, and the crowd was like 95% Steelers fans in California. Give me the Steelers. Yeah, I'll take I'll take the Chargers. Did you make a pick, Sean? Um, I thought I did, but evidently I was on mute. <laughs> ah, okay. <laughs> uh, wonderful. Um, we'll go with the, we'll go with the Chargers. Uh, I, I really like this team, and I think they can finally get over the hump and, uh, I don't know, just not find a way to lose. So we all strive for. Last game, Monday Night Football, Giants at Buccaneers. Roll the G-Men on my end. Uh, get a huge win, get my hopes up, and then crumble in the least to follow. Get right game for the Bucks. I'll take the Bucks. All right, that will conclude our week 
11, or for our sake, our second week of game picks. Um, Hope's Ice Cream Cookie Sandwich is on the line to be redeemed at any time. So, very high stakes. High stakes. That is it for our Week 10 recap and our Week 11 preview right there. Always a great time to record an episode. Awesome that we get to do it in back-to-back weeks. Hopefully we can find some form of consistency. That would be awesome, but obviously life will probably get in the way at some point. But before we log off, does anybody have anything to add to the people out there? Um... Finn and I will be at Villanova basketball game this weekend. Uh, hopefully Villanova will be beating North Carolina in a championship game next time we talk. I love it. Go Cats, go Colin, and that is all. Go Cats. Go Cats, go Mac. <laughs>